Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey, hello, it is the Go Birds podcast. Coming up, uh, you will hear the Go Birds podcast where we cover a lot of things, The uh, what's going on uh, with the NBA boycott and how that relates to the NFL and all that type of stuff. And we did talk a lot about what Elliot saw at camp today, and you'll hear all that, but one of the things that we didn't know at the beginning of the pod was the Andre Dillard news that he is out for the season. You'll hear us talk a little bit about the injury and not knowing what's going to happen, um, but eventually towards the end of the pod, you'll hear... In fact, John Marks and uh, Jack Fritz bust into the studio to tell us about the Dillard news. So we do get there. You will hear our thoughts on it, but you will hear a little bit prior uh, where the news had not come out. So we figured we'd just give you a heads up on that. So thanks for listening. And here's Go Birds. This is, is the Go Birds podcast. Hey, hello. It is the Go Birds podcast presented by Parks. Sportsbook and Casino, James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks, coming your way. We're going to get to some Eagles talk in just a couple minutes. You know, Elliot down at camp today, hitting practice. We're going to hear all about it. But, Elliot, I mean, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now, a lot going on in America, and it felt silly to start this podcast and and not talk about the important stuff happening right now. Um, Obviously, the the, um, situation with Jacob Blake being shot in the back has um, turned into, rightfully so, a a big national story. Obviously, the NBA suspending play. It looks like for a few days um, they are going to come back. Uh, We don't know if NHL games tonight or or Major League Baseball games tonight are going to get postponed. It seems like there's a decent chance of that happening. And I know a lot of teams around the NFL decided to not practice today and um, the Eagles have had meetings. We'll get into this whole thing and I'll talk about, you know, being on the radio today and kind of what I've heard and seen, but just from an Eagles perspective to start, Elliot, how has it been down at NovaCare? And, and I know that a lot of players have been talking and team meetings and all that. What have you heard from an Eagles perspective on this story to start? Yeah, yeah so driving into practice uh, Thursday morning uh, is kind of when you first started to hear that teams around the league weren't practicing. Um, you know, after seeing what happened on Wednesday night with the NBA, I had a feeling that that would be the case on Thursday with either teams not practicing or, or you know, doing something, right? So, you know, you see the team, teams uh, are not practicing. I pull into the Novacare. Seems like the Eagles are, good, are going to be. Go out to the field. You see them start to warm up. And, look, it was a normal day of practice. It was. I mean, outside of the first few minutes where I would say, like, and this feeling was really just amongst the reporters, but just kind of a wondering of, are they going to practice? What today is going to be like? You know, uh, oh, it's normally there's more guys out here by now. Maybe they're not practicing. So that was kind of the part of the day where you could, you know, feel what kind of is going on in in the country. Um, And then practice felt regular, and we'll get into that later. But afterwards, Carson Wentz talked, uh, as did Jalen Mills. I only caught the tail end of Jalen Mills because I was driving home, but I was able to hear all all of Carson. Um, I'm assuming Jalen Mills did an excellent job talking about these tough issues as well. Uh, And I know Rodney's going to speak uh, Rodney McLeod, and he always does an excellent job. So I, I think that today is going to be 
a day where the Eagles can feel proud about how their players talk about these things and the fact that, look, the Eagles employ people because they're good football players, but the Eagles also do put a lot of credit and a lot of time into who they hire as people. And I think that today that is going to come across. But um, I do want to give Carson Wentz uh, an espe- uh, especially some credit because I was able to hear his from beginning to end um, so I can really reflect on what he said. Uh, I think that a lot of times these issues are very tough to talk about, right? Like, I think that um, even to, you know, everybody listening, if you've tweeted about it, like you probably put a lot of thought into that tweet, you know, how will it be, how will it be perceived? You want to put everything correctly, but you also do want to say something. And I think for Carson to be in a spot where he's the franchise quarterback, he's the face of the franchise, he's a leader of the team, he's a captain, uh, he had to get up and say something. He's also, you know, a 27-year-old white guy from North Dakota. Like that's who he is also. So I, I... I think that for him to step up to a podium, and in this case, it's a Zoom call, and talk about these issues, it's it's just really hard to do. It is. like He talked about it for 15 minutes, and it's frankly a situation where if he says something the wrong way, if he says something that you know people don't agree with, if he that type of thing, he can it can be really bad. Um, I thought Carson did an excellent job today. He was asked a few football questions and he said he just wanted to stick to speaking about the social justice issues. He talked about how he was frankly honest about the fact that growing up, he did not have a lot of African-American people like in his classrooms, in his schools, uh, and that, you know, coming to Philly, um, it's been, I mean, adjustment is not the right word, but just kind of, you know, it's a new culture and that he, he's enjoyed how it's made him kind of grow and mature in some very formative years of his life. Um, he talked about the fact that the team has talked about like how are they going to make an impact, whether that's financial, whether that's going into communities, those type of things. So it sounds like Carson is very involved. Um, and I just thought he did a really good job, honestly. Like as somebody that, you know, talks on the radio for a living, as someone that's recording a pod right now, like these are hard things to talk about. And we've had these discussions all off season. And it's sad that we keep having to have them, obviously. Uh, but it, they are important things that when you get a chance to talk about, then you should use your platform. And I thought Carson did an excellent job today. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And look, I think Doug Peterson's the right type of guy to have down there to, you know, help with these types of things. I agree with. I think the Eagles have the way they've built their found their organization has been with the idea of emotional tel- intelligence in mind and things like that. And I think that that particularly matters in these types of situations. And like you said, Elliot, look, that's why we're talking about it right now. That's why we I just spent the entire WIP Midday show talking about it. And it is important and it is it has to be talked about because it's enough, man. Like this is it is I can't believe we're we're I mean, I can. I know where we are as a country, but the fact that this stuff keeps happening and I heard way too many people calling into the show today defending the actions of the police officers in this case and we, this is not a question. Like, they shot a man seven times in the back, and there were four of them there. There are other ways mm-hmm. to do it. I know they tried other things, but at no point we have to be less inclined to use deadly force in these situations. I mean, it just keeps happening again and again and again and again. And think about how many times this has happened before there were cameras, before we heard about it. Um, like, just the idea that, and we've talked about this before, but I mean, there, there is so much systemic racism in this country and oppression that is something that, look, we're not going to be able to change this overnight. We're not going to be able to change this by talking on this podcast. We're not going to be able to, um, you know, affect change without doing things about it. You know, it's it's about action. Yeah. It's about standing up and, and fighting back. And we just need to have empathy and I, I thought Joe Burrow, you know, another really young quarterback um, who spoke up on it as well, had a really great tweet saying, you know, I don't understand how anyone can hear the suffering and the pain that black people are going through and not feel empathy and not say, I stand with you. I support you. And it just seems like there are far too many examples of people trying to justify this or trying to find explanations for this when what we need to do is stop this. We need to find ways to affect change, to, to create it so that these types of situations don't happen. And it's easy to say that, and, and it's a lot harder to do things about it. And I just, 
man, I'll be honest with you, Elliot. Like, I came into this pod today. I'm I'm upset. I'm angry. I just yeah. spent a, a full four hours talking to a lot of people, and there were a lot of great callers. There were a lot of great things said, but there were far too many people saying things that were trying to justify the actions or trying to defend this instead of showing empathy, instead of understanding, instead of looking at it from someone else's point of view. And I, I'm 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 in a bad mood. I'm upset. I'm angry. Oh. Like that's where I'm at right that, now. That's, that's how what I, I wanted feel. to. Well, that's what that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, I mean, I've been working at WIP for over two years now. I've done one four-hour shift by myself. Obviously, we do Go Birds Radio uh, every Saturday, um, and then you know, I've, there's been other times I fill it in for people, but I've never really consistently done four hours to the point where on a day like today, I would have to do a four-hour radio show. So you know, as part of the show, with you you know, you John and James. Uh, I just said James. You hmm. John and Joe, right? Like. Just what was that like today? Just because, so I'm driving back from practice listening to you guys, and I even heard a few calls where I was frankly kind of like, I'm surprised they didn't drop the call. Or like, you know, maybe like, like I guess you want to give everybody a chance to to talk. And I think the show was, was really good from what I heard. But just what was it like? I don't know. It must be weird to take calls from people and then have them say things that you so vehemently disagree oh with. Oh, my God. And it, and it's particularly hard, and I thought Joe and John did a great job, but it's particularly hard as the producer of the show, where I talk on the show a lot and all that, but... Yeah, but you're basically part of the it's show. It's not my like job. It's, it's, it's it, I am, show. but it's yeah. not my job to, to... I don't talk directly to the callers very often. Every once in a while, I'll jump in, but that's not... I, it's harder for me. I was I, I felt like I was kind of um, unable to to fight back in some situations where I wanted to... Um, but ultimately like the main thing is it's, it's draining and it's tough and it reminds you at what we already know, but there are a lot of people out there who feel differently than I do. And there are a lot of people who look at the world differently. And, um, again, I, I, I came away from it upset. I came away from it tired, beat up. And again, uh, that's whatever, like, I don't care. It's important that these things get talked about, but uh, more more than other times where we've had these conversations, I came away frustrated. I came away feeling like there are a lot of people out there who still don't understand what is happening in this country, who don't, who aren't willing to to step back and put themselves in other people's shoes and understand what they go through. Again, like the general concept that I would have to get into a car and be afraid if I saw a cop behind me that something could happen to me is not something I've ever had to worry about in my life. Like, we've never had to worry about that. We are white men. Like, it is what mm-hmm. it is. That is not a concern in our daily life. And to think that every day a black man or a black woman has to get up every day and put get in a car and start driving and see a cop behind them and think about it and be afraid of it, that's crazy. Like, that's that's so upsetting. And we need more people to, to understand what is happening and to do something about it. And, and I was frustrated because I felt like there are a lot of people who, who aren't willing to do that, Elliot. So that, that was my well, takeaway today. I think part of the reason you probably felt more frustration, and I shouldn't say more frustration, because obviously when the whole George Floyd thing happened, like we did have a pod and talk about that. But like probably part of the reason you felt more so is like the George Floyd thing really felt like that was going to be a moment where things changed, right? Like, that was probably, I would say, in my lifetime, at least from what I can remember, one of the bigger like civil rights uprising in terms of the way people reacted totally, to the George sure. Floyd thing, right? So, so then to see it happen again, and then also to see the people still react that way, I could see why that would be extremely, you know, like why that would add a level of frustration you maybe didn't feel after doing the show, the, that type of show before. And I um, think part for, quickly, I think that's what NBA players are feeling. You know, NBA players went to this right. bubble trying to promote social injustice and talk about the fact that black lives matter and all these important things. And then something like this happens and it calls into question all of what they're doing and what they're trying to fight for. And I can understand that frustration and that level of anger that's coming from there. Well, and so that's where, that's where I was about to go. Like, so on Wednesday, uh, I guess it was afternoon because it was an afternoon game. Like when you hear the NBA is shutting down and the Milwaukee Bucks are protesting, and people are tweeting like, "This is history. We're watching history," and that is absolutely true. Like, I mean, I I, I think I saw a tweet like, "People, there has not been a strike of a game not happening for social justice issues, you know, for for years and years, right?" So it, it's it's definitely history. And 
you know, it's funny how, well, funny is not the right word, but whenever something like this happens with people, uh, with players using their platform, there's a lot of people that are like, don't use your platform. Like, you know, the ignorant people, the, the whole shut up and dribble crowd. Right. And I thought yesterday was just a, such a prime example of why it is important the players use their platform, because let's be honest with ourselves. If the players do not strike on Wednesday, we are not talking about this on Thursday. hundred percent. There and like and also there's a part of that that's on us like that's also wrong too and it's also wrong that like something like that can happen and we as a society don't have the attention span unless like the players do something about it right so i mean you know like i'm driving into practice on thursday morning and i call my mom and we're talking and she asked about the nba player striking and like all that stuff and it's like well we probably wouldn't have talked about that if the players didn't strike you know so i i just think like a lot of people that don't like the fact that they're using a platform, like this is why. And I also hate the crowd that says, well, you know, like they're using their platform. Like the players earned this platform. Like, you know, like they, they weren't given anything. Like, and if anything, I think these past few months of people learning how deep systemic racism goes shows like how much they've had to overcome to get to that platform, right? And to, to get to a point where that, you know, uh, Everyone on the Milwaukee Bucks has a platform where they can change the conversation around the entire country and about about this, right? Like they've earned that platform, so they should use it. And I'm sure there's going to be people listening to the pod now that are upset we're talking about this issue. But like, I think if the players are going to use their platform to talk about it, if Carson Wentz doesn't want to talk about football, I think we also should be talking about it for sure. I, I look if you don't if you don't want to hear this, don't listen. That that's all I have to say to you. Sorry, but again, like. Like Elliot just said, and and this is a much smaller platform than those guys have, but I think anyone who has a platform has an obligation to speak about things like this when they are... I mean, honestly, that's the thing, is we should be speaking about these things always. They should always be talked about. We should always be trying to get better, but particularly in moments like this, like if you don't use your platform for this, then why even have a platform? What's the point of having a platform? And like you said, look, a lot of people were like, oh, what? who cares? They're striking. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yes, it does. Like we just talked about, I just spent a four-hour sports talk show talking about racial injustice in America. You know, that doesn't happen if the players don't stop playing. You know, mm. I, I mean, that that kind of stuff matters. And, and I wholly supported the NBA players in whatever they decided to do. If they wanted to stop the season, awesome. I support you guys. Whatever you think is best to be able to try and make a difference, to try and force change in some way or another, I support that. And obviously they've decided that staying there and and continuing to play and having that platform was more important and, and was a better opportunity for them to promote change and fight for change. But I would have supported them no matter what. And again, Elliot, to your point, I really do think it's incredibly important that people stand up. And honestly, it's a, it's a shame that athletes are the people who have to do this. I mean, there should be people yeah. across society. Like, it shouldn't be an NBA game that is getting people to talk about this. Players striking. It should be other. It should be people in power, people like that. But that's not the, the that's not what we live with right now. And that is what it is. But I do respect those players for for striking. I respect every decision they made with that, and I think it's incredibly important, Elliot. Like incredibly important. And I guess the last thing I'd say before we move on to, I mean, there's a lot of Eagles news to talk about. Um, the last thing I would say is just anybody that's listening to this that wants to talk to me and James, or maybe we said something you don't completely agree with, or you just kind of have a thought on it. Like literally my DMS are always open. Um, I know James doesn't check his DMS, but if you DM me something, I, <laughs> I will don't. tell James. I really said don't. It. So, I feel bad about it. Yeah, you really don't. No, nah, I, I mean, don't. it's probably the better way to go about life to be completely honest. Um, but no, I mean, look, like feel free to DM us and, we could talk about it. Absolutely. I guess that's, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, like, um, you know, if, we're going to talk about these things. And, uh, and if you don't like that, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's talk some Eagles, Elliot. Cause like you did say, there was a lot that happened down there. You were down there. It was a, a hitting practice. Not many of these this off season. So an important one for the team for moving forward. Let's start with, I think, Probably the biggest news out of camp today, Derek Gunn reports that Andre Diller has a bicep injury. Um, we do not know the extent of it. He used the phrase, they hope there's not a tear in it. So uh, fingers crossed yeah. on that front. Uh, he was already dealing with a shoulder strain, according to D-Gunn as well. What do you make about the Andre Dillard injury, and, and what do you know about it? 
Well, first, shout out to D Gun. Shout right, out for... to D Gun. I love that. <laughs> shout out to D Gun. Yes. Yeah. My man's still breaking stories. The sources don't go away. Yeah. So, uh, look, today during Thursday's practice, Andre Dillard was in a one on one drill with Josh Sweat. First, it's, it's worth noting Andre Dillard has been in and out of practice basically all camp with an upper body injury. Um, now, I think it's safe to say he's probably been dealing with something that, you know, today it, it kind of came to a, a crescendo. But, one-on-one drill, drill with uh, Josh Sweat. Uh, he goes down. The trainers look at him. He goes inside, basically 15 minutes into practice. Um, now D-Gun is saying it's a bicep injury. Uh, obviously, I have no reason to doubt, to doubt D-Gun. It just seems like the question is the severity of it. And this is just like players get hurt. It is what it is. It's, you know, it, it's it's not like uh, it means Andre Dillard's any less of a football player because because he got hurt. But this is just another part of training camp where now things aren't looking great for Andre Dillard. Like if he tore his bicep, I mean that he's going to be out a while. Oh, like, he's uh, not playing so, this year. If he tore his bicep would be my guess. Right. Or at least, you know, for midway through the year. So yeah, like if he go, if he's out, first of all, I mean, you can make the argument. It makes it offensive line better. Like there's all the long-term implications to talk about, about, you know, if he misses all this year, what, what's that mean? for 2021 like where are you at with Andre Dillard is in training camp next year are you going to once again be wondering whether he can do the job like is Jason Peters back again in 2021 like I, I don't know but I think there is an argument to be made that the best five offensive linemen they could field is Jason Peters at left tackle Isaac Sayamalu Jason Kelsey Matt Pryor at right guard and then Lane Johnson who by the way missed a fifth straight day of practice with a lower body injury so um great yeah it's it's not good. It's just not good. And, you know, we were texting about uh, what to talk about on the show. And, like, I feel bad that we start every show just kind of ripping on the offensive line recently, like the last two. But they've been really bad, like, yet again today on Thursday. Now, Doug is giving a lot of these veterans, I would say, a light workload at training camp. So Peters wasn't out there for some of the team reps. Kelsey wasn't even out there. But, like, the, the season starts in 17 days, and you look at this line, and it's Nate Herbig, Jordan Mailata, uh, you know, um, Matt Pryor, like the, these guys that have never really taken NFL snaps guarding the franchise quarterback against a really good Eagles defensive line and against a Washington defensive line that is also very good. So it's just, it is, it's a, it's a massive concern. And the Andre Dillard injury raises a ton of questions. Um, you know, if, if Andre Dillard is like, doesn't play in week one, but Jason Peters does, and Peters plays at a really high level, and then Dillard goes in there and struggles, like, is the lease shorter than it would have been otherwise? Like, you know, what, what do you do? Like, if you have the concrete example of Peters being a better left tackle, how do you justify to the teammates who all respect JP that he's not going to be the left tackle? It's just, it's it opens up a can of worms. Yeah, no, it really does. And, uh, you know, but again, it's a can of worms that might not be avoidable if Dillard can't play. All right, I'll, I'll just ask you point blank. We don't know the seriousness of the Dillard injury. could be totally fine. We don't know anything. It's like you said, 17 days away, who's the starting left tackle week one? I think it's going to be Jason Peters. I do, too. I do, too. And, I, I look, you already, knew that I I, is... you already knew I thought he was going to play more games at left tackle than at guard. I think he's going to start in the season at left tackle. I, I do. And I think that this is an, an ex, a good reasoning for the Eagles to put him at yep. left tackle. Yep, right? it's a like, way to do it is, without submarining Dillard in a way. Exactly. So this is a thing where you can say, you know, he's hurt, we're going to take a step back, and, you know, then if he comes in and he struggles, you can say, well, he was hurt. So, like, I think that, it, look, the top priority is not to get Andre Dillard ready. The top priority is to protect Carson Wentz. And if Jason Peters is better at that, then he should be out there doing it, period. And if he goes out there and does a good job, I do not want to give Dillard the job back. Like, you have got to keep Carson Wentz healthy. And look, we'll, we'll talk about the offense as a whole in a few minutes because I, ha I have some thoughts about that. But like this offensive line is the key to the season. Like when I'm ranking the Eagles problems, like it's offensive line, like blank, 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 maybe the pass rush, right? Like the offensive line is way ahead on the list of, in, of, of concerns. And the fact that it's such a critical part of the team obviously adds to it. And you don't have time to mess around here. Like, well, I guess we haven't recorded a pod since this happened. Like Andre Dillard almost ended Carson's season on <laughs> on Wednesday. I mean, he got pushed back so far by Joe Osman that he got pushed into Carson's lower legs, which bent in an awkward way, and he went down. Like Carson's season could be over today because of Andre Dillard. Like you know, 
having a bad practice. So in a game, you can't put him out there if he can't protect Carson. You just can't. I agree with you, and I, that's my biggest fear is that they're going to try and force Dillard in the lineup just because you know, they don't want to admit that they were wrong. And, and again, we don't know that it's there yet. We don't. You know, we haven't seen enough of Dillard in real life reps to know and all that type of stuff. But that is my concern that that because they don't want to admit that Dillard is just not going to work out, that they would put him out there when he couldn't protect Carson Wentz. That's a, that's a real fear. So I 100 percent agree. Whoever's going to protect Carson Wentz best is the person who needs to be out there at left tackle. I am still not at the level of concern with the O-line that you are. Um, I'm as we've talked well, about. Be, you haven't had a chance to see them, yeah, which is very fair, <laughs> yeah. very fair. But again, I'm still in the in the. I trust Jason Kelsey. I trust Lane Johnson. All type of stuff. Now, if, if Lane Johnson's not out there, we're talking about a whole different thing. And I'm not at that point yet. But missing five days of practice, not great. So Lane is a whole different thing. But if if they have Kelsey and Lane out there, I I have enough faith in those guys that I don't think the line is going to be a complete disaster. I think that they could get by, especially, like you said, I think Peter's left tackle makes him better. But I do agree that that if you're looking for areas of concern, particularly areas of areas of concern that coming into this training camp we didn't expect to be an area of concern, I think the offensive line, it's fair to be concerned about. I'm just not quite at the level you're at. Like you said, we're going to get back to the offense in a sec, but a couple more injury things to talk about real quick. Jannard Avery, um, a couple days ago, goes down what looked like a, might have been yesterday even, looked like a serious injury, like in pain on the field, carted off, one of those ones where you're like, oh, well, he tore his ACL, he's done. Maybe not. Yeah. So, uh, super quick, because I want to make sure Rodney McLeod gets the credit he deserves since I gave Carson a ton of credit. It looks like Rodney, for his uh, media availability, wore a shirt that said, I matter, uh, talked about how you know, the owners need to step up and, and really condemn what's going on. So shout out to Rodney for using his platform as well. I'm definitely going to go back and watch his his media availability. But um, to what you were saying about Jannard Avery, I was like 20 yards away from him where it happened. And sadly, I've seen a lot of players tear their, tear their ACL in person. Like you cover the Eagles long enough, you're going to you're going to yeah, see that. Yeah, it's part and, of the uh, deal. It, yeah, it's it's sucks to watch and I was for sure I thought it was like we're not seeing him again this year just the way he reacted the way he grabbed his knee the, the way the players were around him the way he was carted off the look on his face so the fact that Jannard is healthy is awesome news like this is a big year for him the Eagles you know because of the fourth round pick they invested in him they need him to have a good year um, and the fact that it sounds like it's not serious is is very is very big uh, it does raise the question of what are they going to do with his roster spot as well? Like if he's out I mean, they can't put him on IR unless they're going to keep him out for the year. And it sounds like that's not the case. They've said he's day to day. Um, you know, do, do you keep him on the 53? Like, do you think he clears waivers if you cut him? Um, what do you do with Casey Tuhill? So the Eagles do have some interesting decisions to make with that final defensive end spot or two, depending how many they want to keep. Yeah. And that's going to be fascinating. We know how much they love Osman. You know, he just keeps coming back and keeps having the issues, the injury last year, all that. So, I do think it's going to be fascinating. I think ultimately, assuming Avery is healthy enough to be on the team, I think he'll be there just because they traded the fourth-round pick for him, and we've talked a lot, and Andre Dillard, another example where it's, you know, I think they're going to push as far as they can with these guys who they've invested draft capital in, whether it's trading a pick for or picking a player in those spots, that um, I, I, I at least the Howie we've seen has been very reluctant to give up um, at the right time. You know, a lot of times they wait too long, and I, I could, I'm concerned about that. I, I do think he makes the team. Speaking of which, another example of such a player, um, Sidney Jones. Still not looking great for Sidney, huh? Sidney was not out there today. Oh, he he at least buddy. did do, uh, it looked like he was like out he there yesterday, the right, for the walkthrough type thing or whatever? Right. Well, so I should say he's been on the field physically every day. He just has not been practicing. So uh, today, though, he did. Uh, he had on helmet and pads. He did individuals, uh, which is a good sign. It's a step in the right direction. Was not out there for team drills, though. And team is really, you know, that's the important part of practice. Those are the live snaps. That's where you get to see him against uh, against receivers. You get to see how he's learning the defense, how he's interacting with people in the secondary, how what he's improved on. So 
him not being out there for team is huge. Uh, I know we talked about it on the last pod, but Jim Schwartz quote saying that he's running out of time essentially and that they can only, you know, kind of grade the people who are out there is a really damning quote. Like that's maybe the worst thing you could hear as a player that's struggling with injuries. So uh, the fact he's not there, team is not good. And on the flip side, Rasul Douglas had maybe his best day of practice today. Uh, he had a really nice play against Dallas Goddard in the end zone where the ball, I believe it was from Wentz that threw it, or it might've been Sudfeld since it was second team, but uh, Sudfeld throws it and it looked like Goddard was going to bring it down for a touchdown. Uh, Goddard kind of like pushed Rasul off. I think it might've been offensive pass interference, but Rasul fought through it, pushed it away. Uh, Rasul had another play where at the end of it, um, Jim Schwartz gave him, you know, he gave him a lot of credit for the snap. So it looks like the coach is really impressed with how Rasul did today. In fact, later on in practice, and I don't want to read into this too much, but he was getting first team reps over Avante Maddox. Now, maybe that's just getting him a look type of thing, but I think Rasul really helped himself on Thursday's practice. And I think if it is up to Jim Schwartz, Rasul Douglas will be on this team wow. over Sidney Jones. Wow. And look, we know that Jim Schwartz has pull. We know that Jim Schwartz has say when it comes yes. to personnel. Like that has been reported, that has been proven. So I think that's fascinating. And look, you know where I stand. I want Rasul Douglas on this team over Sidney Jones. Fact, blatant. Like it is what it is. I, I, I'm out on Sidney. I just, and again, this training camp has literally done nothing but embolden my belief. Like to Jim Schwartz's point, you can't get better. You can't do anything if you're not out there. And it's just too much. It's too much with Sidney. So. I uh, I support that. Um, quickly, before we get to the offense, we mentioned it before, the Phillies have been, and I guess a lot of people listen to this after, so they already know, but the Phillies did end up postponing their game for tonight. Apparently, Phillies players uh, had a meeting and decided to postpone the game. It looks likely. Um, there are reports, not verified ones, but it looks like the Flyers game tonight will be canceled as well or postponed as well. So um, this is, you know, again, more examples of, of using the platform to try and make a statement and, you know, I support it. Um, so just to, to follow. Well, there, there's that. another example of now tonight on WIP, there will be no Phillies game. There will be Joe Giglio presumably talking about this, right? So yeah, there, exactly. there's another example. It's a of, great point. <laughs> it's a great yeah. point. You're right. Uh, all right, let's talk about the offense overall, Elliot, and um, kind of how it's looking. But first, coming up in just a second, I, I want to remind everyone that we are excited about the Philly sports playoffs, and we love the home teams after all. It's all about the home team, right? And that's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to our sports betting app of choice. Our team at Parks Casino and Sportsbook are right here in the Delaware Valley, right here in Bucks County, and that means your money and action is safe and secure on the easy-to-use Park Sports betting app. I know Elliot and I have had a blast on this app, probably too much fun, Elliot. As we, uh, it's super yeah. easy to use. It's fun. Uh, you can bet on all kinds of things, from future bets to the games happening tonight. Whenever games are being played, and and you can now also bet on who's going to win the Pro Football Championship. Uh, Kansas City, not surprisingly, the favorite at plus six hundred. Honestly, those aren't the worst odds for the best team in football. You know, that's not a bad bet if you want to go with a long shot. The Eagles. Last time we spoke, the Eagles were plus 1,000. They're up to plus 1,800. So even more value. Bet 100, uh, and you win 1,800. If you want to just think the Eagles are just going to win the NFC Championship, you can bet on that too, plus 1,000. So 100 to win 1,000. You can bet on any team out there to win the Pro Football Championship. And, of course, bet on so many other things they are the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of pennsylvania the parks casino sportsbook app bet with the best elliot you can sign up now and get a risk-free bet of guess what how much do you think it is 20 bucks five hundred dollars elliot a risk-free oh. bet of up to five hundred dollars i should have known that. you should have known, known, known that known. download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash pa that's p-a-r-x casino.com slash pa and use the promo code Go Birds, G-O-B-I-R-D-S, and you get your risk-free bet of up to $500. The website has all the details, and your risk-free bet is refunded on a loss as a free bet. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Elliot, the offense overall, what have you seen so far? We've talked a lot about the O-line. That's a concern, but outside of that, what have you seen from this offense? So there's times where I'm watching the offense and I'm like, 
why was anybody ever concerned about the receivers? Like, wow, <laughs> like they, what a they, statement. They, it was the number one concern, Elliot. Yeah, and like I get that it's training camp, but I really think they they hit a lot of home runs. I just do. Wow, like and, this you know, is, maybe this week, is, maybe this in is week exciting, three, Elliot. Maybe in week three, I'll be saying, Well, I guess it really was just training camp. But <laughs> all I can say for now It is certainly a all possibility. I can say, Right. But all I can say for now is they look awesome in camp. Like during seven on seven drills, when Carson is just able to like kind of sit back there, they're like unstoppable. Like Deshaun looks great. Uh, Hightower continues to make great catches. You know, obviously Ward and Ertz and Goddard kind of do what they do over the middle, but they look great. The, the problem is when the offensive line gets in there, like the offense just looks way worse when there's lines in there. And I get that. Obviously that's part of football. You know, the seven on seven, you know, it's kind of advantage to the offense on that in some ways, but it just speaks to the fact that if this offensive line can just be decent, like I feel way better about this team than I used to, to the point where I can't think of one unit of the team that is underperformed at camp besides the offense. Wow. Like, so, okay. This is let, let's expand on this a little bit because I think a lot of people, a lot of our talk has been doom and gloom about the offensive line. And don't get me wrong, a bad offensive line can certainly submarine a season. But um, I, I think we focused a lot on the doom and gloom of the offensive line. You would say outside of that, it's been really positive. Yeah, I mean, Carson's been really good. I, I tweeted out my signature training camp uh, passer rating stat on Wednesday night. The I've been tweet tracking that Carson's. everyone was waiting for. The, yeah. the Maybe your yeah. most popular tweet of all time. Oh, wait. It's not right. Well, people, people, yeah, that's yeah, right. We, we don't have to talk about that anymore. But um, I mean, Carson has not had as high of a passer rating. I have met a pass rating of 113. He has not had it that high since 2017. Ooh, like, buddy, you could you could say whatever you want about training camp stats. You can say whatever you want about the training camp pass rating. All I know is. They do basically the same type of drills every year in training camp, and Carson's numbers are just as good as they were in 2017. I don't think Carson has been as good in camp as he won in tw as he was in 2017, but I think he's been way better than he was in 2018 and uh, 2019. So uh, I think Carson's looked way better. Uh, the running backs have all looked good. Like Holyfield's looked really good. Adrian Killens, like when he touches the ball, there's a different level of burst than there are with the other running backs, even compared to Boston Scott. Like he doesn't make Boston Scott look slow by any stretch, but just his first step is just quicker than Boston Scott. So he's looked really good. Uh, I think Michael Warren has even had some moments. I mean, I can really go through every position. Like Darius Slay ha has made an made an interception. Um, on Thursday, he was down the field, stride for stride with Deshaun Jackson, about forty yards down the field, and knocked away a pass. The pass rush, obviously, we've talked about because of the, talking about the offensive line, but they've been dominant. I think the linebackers have looked really good. Uh, Duke Riley had a really nice interception. Um, TJ Edwards had an interception in the end zone. The safeties have been great. Like everything is clicking well for this team. It is like a few pods pods ago. I think I ended by saying I think they're an eight and eight team. If this offensive line can be good, I think they're better than an eight and eight team. It really just comes down to the offensive line. That's wow. it. Like that. I mean, the season will be decided by the offensive. That line. That is so crucially important. And look, we've seen again. We have seen Eagles seasons that have been submarined by bad offensive lines before. So that jives. It is the kind of thing that really could implode a great team or whatever. I, I want to focus on the wide receivers a little bit more though, because. I mean, again, this coming into this offseason, it was the only thing we were concerned about, Elliot, was the uh, get wide receivers, get speed, do this, do that. And um, I think as they did it, you know, with with a, a wide receiver in the first round that a lot of people were unsure about, you know, the, the late round receivers, I think a lot of us have felt like they didn't adequately address the position. Let's go through these guys. I want to go through each one and get your thoughts on where they're at, what they can be, and you know, kind of why your optimism is what it is with this group. Let's start, obviously, with, you know, you mentioned him before is having a good day today, but um, are you feeling good about Deshaun right now? Yeah. The the only concern I have with Deshaun is just how little work he's getting. Like, Doug does, and I trust Doug on this, like, I will defer to Doug, but Doug has allowed a lot of his veteran guys, I think, to like miss a lot of time. Like Peters hasn't done a lot of team reps. Uh, Deshaun, he has the veteran status of like, you know, doesn't always do all the individual drills because he has his own way to get ready. And he's earned that right. Just like Jason Peters has kind of earned that right. So there have been stretches of camp, though, where I'm like, 
well, Deshaun's not getting a lot of work out there. Maybe that's not a good thing. Then there's a day like Thursday where one of the first passes of the day is a 45-yard bomb from Carson to Deshaun. And you remember, like, when Deshaun's out there, he's a difference maker. He just is. Like, he changes everything when he's out there. Um, he had another play where they, were, they ran the they had the ball, the offense did, at about their own five-yard line, so 95 yards from the, the other end zone. And they threw a quick out to Deshaun. They blocked it perfectly. And in a game, it honestly might have been a 95-yard touchdown. Like, he was that quick after the ball. So Deshaun has looked kind of like exactly what you would expect. Really, really good, and then it's noticeable when he's not out there. So if he's able to play 13, 14 games this year, he's going to have a big year, and he's going to help the offense. It's just that it it is like he's not always out there. I guess that is kind of what Deshaun is at this point yeah, in his career, I think that, though. That's that's like the perfect definition of Deshaun. But still good to hear that, you know, look, he's, what, 33 now? Like, it's good to hear yeah. that he still has that burst, that he still looks as explosive, and also coming off the core muscle surgery, all that. So I think that's a real positive. We've talked a lot about Jalen Rieger. I think a lot of people know. Do you have anything to add on Rieger before we move on to the other guys? Yeah, so one thing that's really stood out to me about about him is that he's obviously quick, and that did stand out the first time uh, I saw him practice You know, about a week ago or a little over a week ago when training camp started. But one thing he's done a really good job of is making contested catches. Like That's why I kind of jokingly said he reminded me a combination of Deshaun and Macklin. Like, he's, just, he's bigger than Deshaun. He's more of Macklin's type of build. He might even be a little bigger than Macklin, to be honest. I feel like Macklin was kind of skinny when his career first started. But Rager is like noticeably thicker, and he does a good job of co- catching contested passes. There was a play on Thursday where um, I think it was about a 15-yard kind of slant he ran, and Carson put it low so only he could get it. And the coverage was really good, but Rager like held on to it, went low, grabbed it, and the receipt, the cornerback was all over him, and he was able to hold on to the ball and didn't let the cornerback rip it away from him. It's just not the kind of play I think Deshaun makes. It's more of a, you know, um, all-around type receiver, I guess. So that's what's really stood out to me about Rager. He hasn't had that down-the-field connection yet. Um, I've seen him get behind the defense once, and Carson just missed him. Like, he had two steps on whoever was covering him. But he hasn't connected on those. But where he has been impressive is making contested catches. He makes them when they're you know, close to his body, but also he's gone up a few times, stretched, and made them. So he, he's looked really good so far. That's awesome to hear. All right, let's talk about Jay Jaw, who it seems like, you know, after a rough start to camp, has been flashing a little bit. So I'm going to be a little more pessimistic about our Sega White side. Like, I think the the narrative around him right now, I think, has gone a little too far. Like, he's been very good. Don't get me wrong. There's been no reason to not, th- to, to, like, disparage him. My only thing with him would be when you're comparing him shining in camp compared to, like, Rager, Hightower, Watkins, Burnett. Like, we have a full year of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, of seeing him in real games and seeing him struggle. So until I see this in a game, I'm not going to be as optimistic about what you're getting from Arcega-Whiteside. He does look improved, is making tough catches, but he had a great training camp last year. I mean, I think it was against the Baltimore Ravens. He had over 100 yards and and a touchdown. And I remember one play he made last year in camp that was like an 80-yard touchdown. And so, like, he was really good in camp last year. I think that... And sometimes I call it like the Sam Bradford rule, where if a guy that struggled in the NFL looks great in camp, you kind of just need to be like, all right, love let's, that let's wait rule. And see. Strong rule. Yeah. Now, now to yeah. be fair with Jay Jaw, it it was a rookie year, and we've yes. seen a lot of times where wide receivers struggle early and then figure. I mean, Devontae Parker it took him four years to figure it out. So, like, I I'm with you. I I agree with that as a rule, but I'm I'm not ready to say Jay Jaw is terrible. Oh, no, for sure. And there are differences, obviously, between him and Sam Bradford. But, like, the the uh, just the fact that he did have a year, I think, tempers expectations sure. a little more than they do with Hightower and uh, Watkins. Now, the next the next guy, I'll ask you, actually. Ooh. Like, does does Deontay Burnett fall under that? Oh. He was on the roster last year. He has been on the check. Kind of. I mean, like, look, he didn't get much opportunity last year. We only saw him for a couple games. And like I said, I mean— that catch in the Giants game was an NFL wide receiver catch. The diving go. catch, keeping the feet in bounds. I was impressed by that. So, um, look, I, I don't think we've got enough uh, evidence on Deontay Burnett to to say that. But I do think that, I uh, flipping it around, that J. John, whether he was drafted too high or not, like generally was considered to be a second or third 
round pick type of talent, whereas Deontay Burnett undrafted. I do think that does go into the equation as well and something where you are willing to maybe give that second round pick a little more benefit of the doubt after a rough year than, and not that Deontay Burnett had a rough year, but you know what I mean? Well, so I also think I just, I just, I just looked this up. Uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, 486 snaps last season. Do you want to guess how many snaps Burnett has played in two years? Uh, I would guess like 35. Okay. 140. So, so more. So I okay. finally got you on one of these. You got, you got me. It wrong. I mean, still yeah. significantly less than JJ. Though. Yeah. Significantly less. And only 15 last year for the Eagles. So predominantly those are with the Jets. So I, I think Burnett can, can fall into that category and I, or does not fall into the same category as, as JJ. But I think Burnett, man, like, I like I know tell. last pod, we kind of, we kind of joked. He's my new J Matt. Like I, I don't, you know, like you're in. Yeah, like this dude is this dude is awesome. Like I, I don't <laughs> get what 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 have, what have these other teams been missing? Like he's fast. He makes contested catches. He has an attitude where like you can feel that like swagger coming off him. On a Thursday, he made a play where he went up. I wish I could remember who it was against. I don't think it was Cravon. It might have been Craig James. So it was either Craig James or Cravon, and he goes up. Pulls the ball down, like excellent coverage. He gets up, takes his helmet off, spikes it against the ground. He's like so excited. Everyone's running up to him. Like he's just, he's been unreal in camp. They cannot cut Deontay Burnett. Like wow. I'm keeping, I'm keeping seven receivers before I'm keeping wow. like four running backs or wow. like, cause what? I can find another Elijah Holyfield or Michael Warren. I actually like, agree with that take. I agree with you. I would keep seven over, over four in that spot. Yeah. I don't know if they and will. I- but I think that makes a lot of sense to me. And I'll also say, you know, one thing we talked about this offseason was take as many swings that you can as receiver so you can find guys, right? Like, maybe Burnett's the guy they find and Quez Watkins isn't as good as he is right now. But the more receivers you have, the more chances you have at hitting on one. And Deontay Burnett is only 22 years old. This isn't like a six-year veteran. I, I think... I think Burnett belongs on the roster. I think he's earned a spot. And I think considering where the Eagles receivers are at, it's not a bad thing to have too many good receivers. We saw last year injuries can happen. Like, And for what it's worth, although I, Deshaun looks healthy and looks great, if he's out, like all of a sudden Burnett's your most experienced receiver besides oh, JJ and, and, and Watkins. So like... You know, at oh, least Burnett's played buddy. in games. Like, Rager, Hightower, Quez, like, you know, those guys have not. So, uh, I would most definitely keep him on the roster. All in on Deontay Burnett. All right, last two, Watkins and Hightower. What have you seen from those those guys? They're, they've had different kind of camps in the way that I think they get grouped together as both being really good and having good camps. But I think Hightower has been in some ways, considerably better than well, Watkins. Well, real, I mean, a- real quick on that, which is really interesting, Ray Dittinger on the Midday Show yesterday said that he loved Hightower coming out of college, that he was shocked he went as late as he did. He thought it was a home run pick by the Eagles. So that's interesting to hear that kind of – he liked, He said he liked him more than Watkins. Like, he was he was in on Hightower. So justifying that, that uh, you know, performance so far. Well, the interesting thing about Hightower is so prior to the draft, I'm doing my big board rankings of receivers and I'm watching like all the YouTube on these guys. And I remember watching Boise State, Hightower gets the ball over the middle and he just like takes off down the field and outruns everybody. I'm thinking like, whoa, like whoa. this guy's fast. And he's yeah, bigger like, too. He's bigger than Watkins. He's big, right? yeah. And so I'm like, why is this guy not being talked about as getting drafted higher? So, you know, just me and Ray Dinger giving yeah, the same analysis. Two, yeah. The two preeminent football minds yeah, in Philadelphia. Exactly. Um, but no, Hightower had another awesome play on a Thursday where he outjumped. Um, it was either, again, Craven or Craig, Craig James. I can't remember which it was that got mossed by these amazing young receivers they have. But uh, uh, Hightower jumps up, brings it down in the end zone. Uh, you know, and like he's made some of the biggest plays at receiver. He has the long pass from Jalen Hurts on the first day of practice. He had a long pass from Carson Wentz for a touchdown. I mean, it seems he had a long uh, pass on Today's Thursday on Wednesday. That was about 40 yards down the field where he came down with it over. I think it was Nikel Roby Coleman. So he's the one that's consistently making plays. Quez Watkins has been good, but he's done more of his damage in the red zone. And frankly, I just think it's easier for offenses to score in the red zone in these drills. So uh, he he's done a good job in there. I think his speed 
shows better there than it does long down the field. Like it just his ability to get open in a short space speaks to how quick he is. But I just think Hightower's been better. Quez has been good, but if I had to keep one of the two, I would keep Hightower. Yeah, that, I, think I, I think I'd keep both. But that's exciting. I mean, can you imagine if the Eagles actually hit on a late round receiver? Can you imagine, Elliot? I'm trying to think back. Like, Calvin Williams, like, way back in the day, I think it was a fifth-round pick. Like, I'm trying to think of a fourth-rounder later. Like, Fred Barnett was the third round. That was it. But, like, there are the list of the Eagles drafting guys from the fourth-rounder later at wide receiver who actually turned into real relevant players for them is not long, my friend. It is not long. I think Avant was a third-rounder. Like, not many. Like, not many at all. I mean— how many good receivers? I guess they have drafted good receivers, but like, right, if you look at the point. last, they've not yeah. drafted. Yeah, very good point. I should be excited about if any of these receivers, period, turn yeah. into something. But I you mean, know, Macklin, Deshaun, you got a couple over the years. You know, first round pick, second round pick. You got a few guys. You know, again, going back, Barnett in the third round. I mean, they've had some, but it has certainly not been right. a strong suit, and particularly not in the late rounds. Yeah, I mean Shelton Gibson in 2017 didn't oh, end up home, working home out. Oh, home run pick. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's here's one for you. Ready, M- Marvin McNutt. I in remember the sixth Marvin round. McNutt. I remember him. Yeah, yeah I remember him. Uh, so yeah, they they have had some uh, they've had some struggles drafting positions. Brandon Gibson, 2009. Sure, I actually remember him too. Yeah, of course. Um, we got to stop remembering all these. I mean, well, then there are so many. I mean, we can go Freddie Mitchell. We can go Reggie Brown. I mean, like we the list is forever of the misses. Certainly right. the high round misses, much less the late round misses. So B- Billy McMullen in 2003. Billy Mc- he was a third round pick. Billy McMullen. I'm so I'm, I have the pro football reference page up now. Like Freddie Millens in 2002. I don't remember this. I guy. don't Looks remember like Freddie Millens at all. Looks like he never played a snap for him. So, yeah. So the point stands Gary Scott in 2000. Like it's Who? bad. Their late round picks have been bad. Yeah. Um, so and it looks like they might have hit. Yeah. This would be like you're getting if me excited, Carson has Aaron. time to, to live in the pocket. Yeah. They, you know, <laughs> That's yeah, he doesn't need to. He's the Bronco. Just let him run around. He'll figure it out. Yeah, let, um, let that Bronco buck. All right, before we get to a couple of reviews, as a, again, thank you. Please keep these reviews coming. It, it really does mean the world to us, and it helps people find the podcast. We'll get to that in a sec. But, Elliot, let's just wrap up this discussion. I, I believe is today the last hitting day uh, down there for, for this week. I, be, I believe so, yes. Like Doug, said they were gonna hit, Doug said they were going to hit – Two times. They've now done it two times. So it seems like it was the last day. They're going to be off on Friday. Saturday, Sunday, I believe they have practice, and I believe we'll be in there. And sadly, I think that might be the end of it. That I might mean, be yeah, regular we're season close, mode. right? I mean, we're there. So, all right, so with that in mind, the last hitting practice today, you've been down there for the last couple of weeks. You've seen more or less every single thing that has happened there that reporters have been allowed to, to see. Um, where are you kind of at with this team after? I know we kind of touched it early on with the, you know, the 8-8 eight eight thing versus the offensive line and all that, but where are you at with this team on a macro sense right now as these the, the as training camp kind of starts to wind to an end? Yeah. You know, I said it earlier in the pod that I think all of the units have looked good besides the offensive line. I think the defense has a chance to be really good. I think the receivers have looked great. Carson's playing well. Uh, we haven't seen a ton of Miles Sanders. Last time I made a prediction on this pod, I was saying 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm up from that. Oh, but but I just can't go much higher. I still think I'm at like nine and seven. The offensive line just concerns me, and I feel like a broken record. But I just think whenever you talk about the expectation for this team, you have to start with that because you know Carson could get hurt because of the offensive line, and then it's like, well, how are you feeling about the backups? And so I, I think that the Eagles should feel encouraged by ninety percent of what they've seen. It's just that the worrisome part of it is is very bad. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. But, but I'm up. I'm stock up since the season. Which is what we're looking games. for. Stock up. I will take it. Slowly again, espe- but surely. Especially because, like I said, I'm not I'm not at the level of concern of the offensive line as you are. But, again, I also have not seen them. And <laughs> I think that's right. a big reason why. All right, E, before we get out of here, let, what we get some more reviews? We did. All right, so first of all, we got, let's see, nine new reviews. And I think we're going to set something up. Wow. Yeah, nine new Seriously, reviews. Yeah. seriously, thank you. Thank you. It means so much to us. We really appreciate the reviews. Keep them coming. Rate and review the pod. What we getting? All right. So this one's from Coach48. He's got a hypothetical, which I he knows we love. All right. What does, does Jacksonville yes. need? A court. What does Jacksonville need? A quarterback. They say they're taking for Trevor Lawrence. What about Hurts for Yannick? Both teams get what they want. 
you know, Yannick's broken our hearts so many times already. I'm almost hesitant to go down this road. But James, do you want to give your take on that? I feel like we're going to be talking about Yannick trades in 2045. Like, it's like, is Yannick coming here? Yannick's 55. Can we still trade for him? Um, (laughs) You know, um, look, I I don't think there's any chance that happens. I think it's an interesting idea. Um, But I don't think it's something that would happen. And ultimately, I, I... like my guess is if Yannick gets traded, he will get traded for a lot less than people think he will get traded for. Jacksonville has no leverage right now if he's going to hold out, if all that type of stuff. So, um, I, I look, I just don't think there's any way it happens. Would I personally trade Jalen Hurts for Yannick Ngakwe? Yes. I said I would trade a first-round pick for Ngakwe. I think Hurts is worth less than a first-round pick right now. I would absolutely trade Hurts for Yannick Ngakwe. I just don't see any possible way that happens. I think I would do it. I would the smart thing to do would be to do it. My only concern is I do like Hertz long-term and like, it's always good to have a good backup plan to Wentz for a long-term. So I would, I would almost rather give up like a second round pick than give up Hertz, but I I would probably ultimately end up doing it. I don't think there's any way the Jaguars would do it for sure. No chance. I I mean, maybe if, maybe if the jet, like if the Eagles packaged a one with Hertz, but I don't, I don't think, uh, that the Jaguars would do it. Um, all right. Jake hubs, once again, pointing out, I would not be able to hit a home run. I mean, do you want to get into how do you, should we get into it? How, how, how it went? Since? Yeah. I, for, I almost forgot. We haven't talked since that happened. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, you know, I forgot we didn't, it didn't go great, Elliot. Well, all right. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the spin? I want to hear the spin okay. here. Well, so I knew you of didn't think we're it talking- great when, when I when I got back Hold to on the back. What's up? Yeah, I'm doing go birds right now. Oh my goodness! All right, well, we'll just keep this in right now. Is uh, wow, John Marks and uh and uh, Jack Fritz just came into the studio recording, and Andre Dillard is done for the year, Elliot. Andre Dillard done for the year. Wow. wow. Mike Garofolo, here it is. Eagles left tackle will miss the season with a biceps injury suffered in practice today. Sources said he had credited D-Gun. Um, surgery is needed. All right, well, well let's, let's react. You know what that means? It's an emergency pod. Yes, we got an emergency some, pod Somehow this hand. became an emergency pod in the moment. All right, well, let's react. Um, what, what happens now, Elliot? Jason Peters is your left tackle. I think that has to be the move, right? Jason Peters is your left tackle. Matt Pryor is your right guard. Um, You need to sign a veteran backup at this point because if Jason Peters is going to be your left tackle, you have to have a backup plan because we know he's not going to play 16 games or we know he's going to come out of a a certain amount of games like for random snaps at points. And Jordan Mylott is not ready to be out there. Um, And it looks like for what it's worth, Garofolo is saying, uh, where is Jason Peters when you need him? Oh, there he is. Look for him to move back to tackle. This was a contingency plan the Eagles accounted for. There yeah, and that was the benefit of bringing Jason Peters back in. Um, so two ways to look at this. The first way is right now immediately, the Eagles offensive line is better because of this. Um, I think that Jason Peters will be a better left tackle than Andre Dillard was going to be. There's obviously the you know the concerns of him being 38 and all that, but nothing you can really do about it at this point. I think he's going to play at a higher level than Andre would have. So like I said, need to sign a backup tackle. That's a concern. Long term, this is a major blow for Andre Dillard, right? Like the whole thing with him was strength. And I know he put that on, but having a torn bicep is going to make it difficult to him for him to lift for a long time. Like he's the strength is once again going to be an issue. But now outside of that, you're now going to be in year three before you get any type of semblance of an answer on him. Um so yeah, it's it's not it's, great for Dillard. Re- I agree with you. I think that for the team right now, I think Jason Peters is a better option at left tackle. And and who knows? Maybe Matt Pryor ends up being a really solid option at guard. I do think they add a veteran at potentially like a swing guy you could move back and forth. Um, yeah, look, uh, it's a bummer for Dillard. Um, you know, I, again, I, I think it really sets this kid back. You know, we were already questioning his ability for you know to be a, a contributor in his career for the Eagles a, as a healthy player from what we had seen and the idea that he's going to have to deal with this rehab back come back it's um it certainly looks like the Andre Dillard experiment is not going to end well ultimately considering the the draft capital and what not used to get him but no this is not good i mean Andre Dillard looks like he's going to be a mess that's just, it is what it is like it is that's what it looks like after Two years, we will have not know if Andre Dillard is the answer or not. Um, 
But yeah, so these are all discussions we can have next next offseason. I think for the immediate, it is the offensive line will be better now. You have I to agree. have to find a you have to find a solid backup. Also, I will say, like, this is why I would have paid Halapuli, uh, why, why I would have paid Vitae, just because I think that he brings so much value, and I get that he makes a lot of money, but how much better would you feel now having him? I know he, uh, I know he got a it, lot of money. Elliot, but. it was one of my first thoughts just now, especially when I just said a swing guy. I was like, man, you know who would be yeah. awesome to have here right now? Big V. Yeah, so... So I mean Carson's probably you know Carson's probably going to feel a little more safe against Washington but now we, now we have to see how Peters will look. He hasn't played the position since last year. Obviously he did it at a Hall of Fame level for a long time. But uh you know he has been taking snaps at right guard. So I guess that whole experiment's over. <laughs> I guess yeah. he'll never play right guard and, now. And he'll you be know the left tackle. And that's fine. Again, look, I'm sure he's better at left tackle than he is at guard. He had to learn the position all that and Hey, look, we're we're gonna see what Matt Pryor is. You know, we'll find out if Matt Pryor can play guard in the NFL. That's uh, I guess a positive. <laughs> I mean, I, I have some, I have confidence in Matt. Pryor okay, good. Guard. Look, I from do. what I do. from what we've seen from Matt Pryor, I had been impressed with what we've seen from him in the small bits we've gotten to see him. I thought he played well when called into duty. So you know, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, and he'll he'll hopefully, assuming Lane Johnson's back there, be between two Hall of Fame type talents. So. That so do you think the Eagles bring in a veteran offensive lineman at some point now? Absolutely. I feel like you have to. Right? I don't I don't think there's any question. I mean, you're, again, you're Jason Peters away from Jordan Milata, right? I mean, that's that's where we're at, especially if Pryor's a guard right. now, right? Like, I mean, that's I mean, that's a a, a disaster. Or Jack from Jack Driscoll from a rookie left tackle. Like, no, that is not gonna be okay. Like, they absolutely have to go get someone. And honestly, I would even potentially consider trading a late round pick for someone because I don't know who's out there on the market who's gonna be, you know quality of any kind like I would you know if there's a team that has a backup lineman who you guys like like give up a sixth to seventh for it in a second you know um so I mean assuming well they do have an, they are going to have another roster spot now that's the other thing I mean yeah. him being out is obviously devastating you know for a lot of reasons but you do now have an extra roster spot with him not there so they're you know maybe you keep Driscoll the fourth I mean you're going to keep Driscoll on the roster maybe you feel confident with him but the fact that you know he did not get any preseason work is is an issue um that's the problem that the young tackles they have have never played in a game. I mean, off the top of my head, I don't think they have a single tackle on the roster besides Peters and Lane Johnson who have played in a game, right? They have Prince Tega Winugo. He hasn't yeah, played in the game. Driscoll hasn't played in the game. Mylotta hasn't played in the game. So not good. Not, not good. good, Elliot. As you said at the top, little did you know, but you were right. It, it all comes out of the offensive line here. I think that's going to be <laughs> the real takeaway. All right, let's, uh, let's finish out those reviews, and I'm sure you're going to write, so we'll get you out of here. Okay, yeah. So uh, someone made a joke by not being able to be able to hit a home run. I guess we'll now talk about that later. No, no reason to revisit yeah, we'll, it. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll go back to it. The point is, Elliot is going to work on it, and maybe next time we'll let him do it. Well, I think only a little bit of work is needed. Uh, Ryan Clark, <laughs> I think that's all we need to hear. We're good. Yeah, Ryan Clark, uh, five star review. These guys are the insider scoop from training camp. An incredible memory of everything that happens there. That's so you. thank you for that's Ryan. you, Elliot. And he is correct. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Your ability to recall things you saw at practice is unbelievable. Yeah. So he is right about Kristen that. Would, Kristen would probably tell you my memory overall, though. Not great. Well, Always I think it's things. one of those – the, the brain is such a weird thing where it's like I'm the it same is. way with Emily where, like, there are certain things that I remember perfectly that she can't remember at all, and then it flips around. Like, Emily, if we've ever seen any episode of any TV show ever, she remembers the plot immediately forever, but, like – can't remember the names of any people in the show. You know, I mean, it's so weird the way the brain works. Well, the, and the thing I can never remember, if like, A, if I'm going to like pick us food up, I always just ask her to text it to me as opposed to her <laughs> yes. just telling me. Because yes. A, it gives me like culpability if it's wrong, but also then I don't have to remember. So that's like an example where my memory is not great. But I can remember how many yards Carson's touchdown was to Deshaun Jackson yep. seven on sevens yep. on the eighth day of training camp in 2020. So the brain is a mysterious thing. Um, all right. This one, five stars, Alex and Phoenix trade Alshon anonymous. Love the show. Uh, you know, he enjoys hearing James take on music bands. Um, any chance they trade Alshon once the later on, once he's healthy. I just don't think that they'll have any takers. I think if if there was someone willing to take on Alshon, they would do it in a second. I again, I I honestly don't expect Alshon to contribute to any team this season, the Eagles or anyone else. Like I just don't see it. And maybe he comes back from the injury, and maybe he can play eight games in or whatever. Maybe he gives you something. I am counting on Alshon for zero. That's where I'm at. 
Um, I agree. I think there's a better chance Alshon plays this year. I don't think anybody's going to trade for him. Um, all right, Josh Dangerous, five stars, the Mickey Mantle of podcasting, wow. ESP. So this that is going to be this is going to be a long term joke. Yeah. I can tell. It'll never um, die. <laughs> as of today, who are the starting linebackers week one versus Washington? Bring Nigel back for the minimum. Um, one thing that we didn't touch on that I'm actually so I'm happy you brought this up, Josh. It seems like Duke Riley is overtaking T.J. Edwards oh, wow. as the second linebacker. Um, he's been getting a lot more snaps there. It's been him and Nate Gary in the middle for a lot of this. Uh, I, you know, when they're three linebackers or obvious running situations, TJ Edwards will be out there, but I do think it's leaning towards them two being the starting linebackers. I good. I got, I mean, look, Duke Riley, TJ Edwards, who knows? (laughs) Until Sean Sean Bradley's out there, I have no strong takes on the linebackers. I'm not expecting much. I guess that would be my take. This guy, Pat meter, who, Likes the pod enough to listen to listen to it and left a review. Obviously, he's still listening. Says ESP is ESP. If it wasn't fairly, I'd rate it five stars with a little smiley face. Gave us one star. Kind of a dickhead move, but you know kind it is what a, it is. It's a total yeah. dickhead move. Like, yeah. what the hell, bro? Yeah. Like, that's messed up. Yeah. Very rude. You could have at least been mean to me and given a five star. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, well, thanks for. So you like me, but you you just give me a one star. That's not very nice. And just in general, like, come on, man. Like, all right. Don't listen. All right. How about that? Don't listen. Okay. So this one's about trading for an offensive lineman from M Smith 39. Uh, basically, do you think the Eagles would have any interest in cha- trading for Joe Thunny from the pit, from the Pats? Um, I mean, I don't know if he, I don't think he can play tackle, right? He's, he's a guard. Joe Tooney's a guard. Yeah. And so, and also he has a huge cap hit. Like there's no way Joe Tooney's getting traded to the Eagles. I agree. Um, this guy, five stars, uh, great show, low key and ESP fan. So we got some, nice. you know, mixed reviews there. Hey, let me tell you something. Uh, who, who, who's this review to? Who is it from? Uh, it's called Solak is my dad. So I guess a shout out to, uh, ah, okay. Well, Solak yeah. is my dad. I too am a fan of ESP. There we go. That's all I need, man. That's all I need. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Uh, this one, just a nice five-star review. Be more, not less is who it's from. Uh, says he is an out-of-market guy, loves to listen. His name is Mark. So, Mark, thank you for the uh, five-star Thanks, review. Mark. And like I said, I think we're going to set something up where uh might do, you know, something fun with the uh, with the reviews. So we appreciate everyone that does them. I literally update the screen maybe six to seven times a day <laughs> checking for the reviews. So uh, I really appreciate everyone that does it. Yeah, for sure. me too, man. It really means a lot. And again, it helps people find the pod. And, and uh, it just means a lot to us, except that jerk who gave us one star. Um, yeah. For, for no reason. So, what, what a pod, by the way. Yeah. We went all over the place <laughs> all, today. All over the place today. We got the interrupting with, uh, interruption with the breaking news. Just, you know, uh, an adventurous pod. It, but it, I enjoyed it. 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 I'm, I, I'm, happy to, uh, I'm happy to have you to talk about all this. Uh, me too, sure. buddy. Me too. Like I said, I'm a fan. What can I say? Um, (laughs) all right, we'll be back, uh, with the, uh, finishing out our season preview. We got a couple more of those. We'll be back later in the week with that Saturday, one to three on WIP. Check us out. Um, as, uh, as always, we'll be there every week, one to three on WIP. And again, rate and review the podcast, unless you're going to leave one star and be a jerk about it. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. It helps people find the pod. So Elliot, thanks buddy. I appreciate it. No problem, buddy. This was, this was, Talk this to you at times a heavy one and all that, but um, we appreciate. Well, you know, you started the pod in a frustrated mood. I like to think you're feeling better now. I am. So. I am. I'm still. I'm still frustrated. I'm still angry, but yeah. I'm feeling a little bit better after getting to talk to you for an hour. So, all right, um, we we'll be back later this week. He's Elliot James. We'll see you later.